0: Hello, my name is Fabiana Cole, and this is Connection First. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to be talking today about my experience of raising bilingual kids. My kids are now seven and nine, and they can speak both languages. In our case, is Spanish and English. I'm originally from Venezuela. We came to Australia 15 years ago, and we have been living overseas since then. So both our kids were born away from Venezuela and are growing in an English environment and we have always hoped that they will have the Spanish language as well. Is not something that comes naturally. You might think like, wow, if you're raising a child somewhere else and you're speaking one language at home and then they're exposed to the other language at school, that will, you know, simply happen. And it's not like that. I wish it was as easy as that, but it's a lot more. It's a lot of commitment and consistency, especially. Those two words are the most important ones on this and for us it was there are so many benefits that having bilingual kids but for us more than you know raising a kid that have probably a better memory they say or that they will learn faster or be smarter to be completely honest yeah that's great if raising a child that speaks two languages have many benefits but for us the biggest motivation was the cultural aspect being able to speak with our kids in our own language and also giving them that gift of having that second language. I have mentioned here before how hard it was for me to learn English, and how surprised I get when I hear myself recording this in English, because I didn't learn a second language until after I finished uni, and it was incredibly hard. <laughs> Even when we moved to Australia, I was still like not really speaking English. So it was really hard, and I I wish I have you know learned sooner. And if this is something that I can give my kids, there they option or the opportunity to have two languages and to learn when they are little that they learn everything faster. Well I would definitely go for it. But it's a commitment that you have to have. It's an intention that you have to have and I see many families like us, even from our Venezuelan community here in Australia, that don't simply see that as something important or they didn't have that intention. And that's completely fine. Every family have different priorities, every family have different interests and As a family, you need to pick your battles. So I totally get it. If this wasn't for you so far, you might be hearing this podcast because you have the intention to raising your kids bilingual because you are just a new parent, or you might be hearing it because you have older kids and you want to do it. You have the intention to change things and to do it this way. So you can always make changes around how you do things at home. And and I'm gonna be sharing today the three things that I believe has been huge. And I believe that the most important ones in raising our kids in two languages. And there are a couple of things that I want to clarify before I start. The first thing that I want to say is what I already mentioned is, it's not easy. It's a lot of commitment. If you are starting this journey and you are feeling like, oh my God, I feel like I'm telling my kids um, to speak to me in my language, like constantly, this is a lot of work. It is. Don't feel that you are all alone, like it is commitment, it's a lot of reminders Uh, in a gentle way. I'm going to be talking about how and why it's so important to do it in a gentle way and don't create like an issue around it. But that's, I feel it's important to say it, like it's not easy, it's not something that comes naturally, as I said before, it's something that requires a bit more effort. And when you think about it, and you're an immigrant parent, it's like, okay, parenting already has, it's challenges, right? Like for everyone. And then you add on top of that, the fact of that being an immigrant parent uh, comes with its own challenges as well. And then you also add the factor that you want to teach your kids the two languages, like a lot, and it might feel overwhelming sometimes. But I feel it's worth it. I feel if we have the mindset and we are committed, it's easy for us as parents to keep it in mind and to remind our kids and to and be conscious about it at home. So that's the first thing I wanted to clarify that it is not something that comes naturally. We need to put our effort and commitment. The second thing that I feel it's important to, to clarify is that in my case is we both, my partner and I, are from Venezuela. And it's a lot easier. I'm not gonna say the opposite. Like it's, and I need to explain that to start with. I mean, for us, it's easier because we're both from Venezuela, and at home we sit to have dinner, and it's in Spanish. Like everything at home is in Spanish between us, and that makes it easier when it's both parents. For parents that are from one country each, and it's only one parent uh, with one language it's a lot more challenging I can imagine and I want to invite here my friend Mary who has done an amazing job of raising her kids uh, speaking her uh, language which is Finnish and I really want her to be here and explain to you how her experience has been because I feel it's completely different when you are the only parent it requires even more effort from your side and, and that's a different story but from my experience I need to clarify that in our case we are both from Venezuela we both both speak Spanish, and our kids are—we are raising our kids in an English environment in Australia. So, also, I want to say this: there are so many myths around raising bilingual kids, and the most—the the most important one that you hear often is people saying that that creates delays in speaking. Like the kids start speaking later, and it has delays in the speaking um, when there is two languages that they are learning simultaneously. And I've done a lot of research because a long time ago, when my first son was in daycare, I was told I needed to have him more days in daycare because he needed to like, have more exposure to English because he wasn't speaking enough. And yes, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a baby that was speaking super quickly. But I have both experiences. My second son, my second child was speaking super quickly and both had the same environment in in terms of exposure to both languages at the same time. And when there is a delay in speaking, it's something related to the way they are reaching milestones. It's not related to the two languages that they might be exposed to or if they are exposed to just the one language so i'm going to leave a couple of links in the in the podcast notes because i'm not going to get any further i'm not an expert here i'm just telling you my experience with my two boys who are now bilingual they can speak and switch from one language to the other very easy and i'm just going to share it here my experience and what i have noticed over the last years have been helpful and, but I wanted to mention those things like first one that we are both from Venezuela. So it's two parents speaking the same language, which is helpful. So let me tell you the three things that I believe has been very important in raising kids with two languages and for them to be able to speak both languages very well now that they are a bit older. The first thing that I need to mention that I believe is super important is to only speak to your kids in your language and being very consistent with this. And it might sound obvious because you say, well, if you have especially younger kids, you're like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm always speaking in, in my language to my kids. And and that's easy when they are little. As soon as they started to be older, I believe it it's more of a challenge because there are some expressions that you might feel tempted to use in English to help them understand you easier, easily. And... I feel it's really important to be consistent and to keep your language only in in the language that you are teaching your kids and we all do it I I make mistakes constantly and I try to keep it in mind and be conscious and and avoid them but it it happens and we try to be very consistent in the sense of like we both speak to them only in Spanish. It works both ways. So you speak in Spanish and you're hoping for them to answer to you in Spanish as well. In our case it's Spanish, but it might be a different language for you, obviously. And, and this is super important because there are two scenarios that could happen. First, your child could be replying to you or answering to you in English because they don't know the word. And if you realize that they don't know it, you give them an opportunity. It's like, what do you mean? And then they try to think about it. If you see that this is not happening, that they don't know the answer because there might be new words for them that they don't know, then you go and say, oh, you meant the fridge or whatever it is that they're saying. If it's the other scenario that could be why they are replying to you in English is because they are being lazy. They just feel that they want to reply in English because, you know, it's the, the go-to for them. It's what they speak with friends and at school. And if that's the case and you go, it's like, sorry, I, I missed that. Can you repeat? And my voice are older now, they both know that I don't speak English. I sorry, they both know that I do speak English. I'm speaking in English right now. But they both know that I speak the language. And still, it always works. Because that's my way of telling them, please can you reply in Spanish? But instead of saying that, I just say, sorry, what do you say? I missed that. I didn't understand. And they would translate it for me straight away. It's an effort that we need to make. Many times we are busy and we want to, you know, let go. But we need to be very consistent and try to always remind them to answer to you in Spanish or in your language. That's super important as life gets busier, it's more challenging, but it's something that, especially the first years, I believe, and always in general, it's important to remind them and to remind yourself to, to do it, the second thing that I believe has been very helpful in our case has been always been reading to our kids in Spanish in our language, like we always translate the books. Reading has always been an important part of our routine. We every single night we we used to read to our kids and these days they read to us because now they both read their books and chapter books and they love reading to us and showing us and so but even when they started school and they started to pick like book series that they wanted to read and and they were asking us to read still we were translating those and it was more challenging but we did it and I feel when it's something that is part of a habit it has a lot of potential and and you can use it in your favor because the the books will have different vocabulary than the one you're always using so if you are reading Every night and you are translating your uh, book for them, you are adding more vocabulary into their system, which is incredibly important, of course. So reading even movies whenever we could, when they were little, it, it's harder these days. But when they were little, like we were doing like family family night, like movie night. We try sometimes to do it in Spanish. But I feel the books have been super important because that was the starting point. And the third one is all about picking your battles and this is already a battle that you have chosen to, to, to fight, right? Like the, I'm going to be committed to teaching my kids the two languages. So, But within this battle, you need to pick your battles because there will be moments where you need to simply let go. And you need to realize what's more important for you. So, for example, let me give you an example. The dining table and the car rides are always in Spanish. That's something that we will always be like, hey, guys, Spanish. Hey, guys, Spanish. As many times and as we need to, we are going to remind them to please speak in Spanish when we are together as a family. But we had to let go one battle that we were fighting before and it became an issue and it was so hard and we said, you know what, we're going to let it go, which is the siblings relationship. Our kids used to speak when they were little, always in Spanish. Amazing. Even if I was walking to the room and they were playing, it was in Spanish. But when my second child started school one year ago, a year and a half ago, they were in a different environment together sometimes after school they would stay with friends and they had many friends in common they would play and the games were sometimes role play and they were you know playing as a character and imitating that character and that character for them was in English and the friends were playing in English and they started to speak and play more and more every time in English between the two of them and my husband and I were intervening many times like, hey, guys, we always try to be very gentle in the way we remind them. We always try not to create an issue or to be like, you know, telling them off about it. Never. It's always been very, very casual. But with the siblings, we started to be very frustrated, it's like guys, Spanish guys. And I would be, you know, in the garden and they were be in the trampoline. It's like, guys. And at some point we had to let it go and we have to say, you know what, this is going to play against us. We need to respect their individuality. We need to respect that that's their own world, their own relationship, and we let it go. If they are in the trampoline and they are playing and they are into their in their own world, I don't intervene anymore. I let them play in English. If they are in the dinner table and they look at each other and say something between them in English, I do intervene. And I say, hey guys, Spanish in the table, same in the car. But you need to pick your battles because otherwise they're going to create an issue and it can play against you. So this point only applies to specific circumstances and to the way that you remind them. But I would never suggest this to speaking to your kids you will always speak to your kids in your language. That's not a pick your battle point. The pick your battle is, you know, the circumstances at home and the the moments you prefer or avoid to remind them about the second language. But I need to be very specific here. You do always speak to them in your same language. With that, there is no fights to pick or anything else. You simply speak always in the same language. So those were the three points. Let me go back. The first one, yeah, what I just said always speaking in the same language. Be very consistent and hope for them to reply to you in the same language as well, in your language. So if they don't know the word, you ask them. If they can find the their translation in their system, you tell them. If they are simply being lazy and they are just replying in English because they want to, you say, what? Sorry, and you ask them. Even if you're busy, try to be very consistent with this. And I said it at the beginning, this is not easy, but I'm I'm sure we will benefit from this and it's an incredible gift that you're giving to your child. (laughs) And the second one was reading books in Spanish, translating it to your language is really, really helpful. It will add vocabulary and when it's something that is part of the routine, it's a great way to add some extra moment in that language throughout the day. And the third thing that I mentioned that was super important was picking your battles in the sense of trying to be very gentle and not create an issue around it or or creating like a task or telling them off. So you need to pick when you want to remind them to speak in Spanish or your language and when you need to just let go and respect their individuality and their own world with friends or with, in this case, siblings. So those were the three things that I believe have been super helpful for us. I hope they were useful for you. I would love to hear your feedback. Please let me know. You can reach out to me on social media or by email. I'm going to leave everything in the podcast notes. And as I always say, we're all doing the best we can with the tools and the information we have. And I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week.